use scientific analysis to explain what happened this year in 2020 to give us an accurate end of the world analysis. Terrible idea. Was I talking to you? General, this is the world's top scientific analyst. Basically the smartest man in the world. I suggest you listen to him. You have to consider your target's composition, size, sheer velocity. You could throw every meme you've got at it and it would just smile and keep on coming. Are you suggesting we use outside sources to go to the extreme in predicting the end of the world? That's exactly what I'm suggesting. Who? Good, the bad, and the boys. The world's best deep core memers. Put them straight on the surface and have them drill in. Blow this thing up from the inside. Impact. Impact. Deeply. Impact. That's what she said. You know, (laughs) when you first recommended this movie to me, Isaac, I Mm. had looked it up on how to watch Deep Impact, and I ended up watching a a very different video, that's for sure. Oh. Have you now? Yeah. I I think I may have misled you. You know, I... I, (laughs) You tell you're like, yeah, Deep Impact? great film and then next thing i know i'm i'm watching og mudbone <laughs> just oops <laughs> giving it to these girls oh shit we're rolling oh uh, yeah we're... welcome back <laughs> to the good the bad and the boys podcast <laughs> we're your hosts i'm terry i'm isaac and uh close. we are we are watching not smut movies. We are watching complete cinematic masterpieces. What we're close these tabs real quick. Yep, and now we're watching a movie. <laughs> so delete history. Deep, okay, <clears throat> deep impact. <laughs> this is part two of our of our comet slash asteroid apocalypse scenario. Mm-hmm. Both of which. So this movie and Armageddon, which we reviewed on Monday were both released in the summer of 1998 <laughs> and both to great critical success despite them being in competition with one another. Mm-hmm. One blew the other out of the water. Armageddon made a lot more money than Deep Impact did, but Deep Impact still made a lot of money. Mm. It had a budget of $80 million. It made almost $350 million. You could say they made a Deep Impact financially. God fucking damn it. <laughs> Uh, I quit. I, I, sorry. I'm, I'm walking out. I'm sorry. Can't do this I'm anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna. I need to call the studio. The studio chief. <laughs> Mom, you come in here. <laughs> oh God! All right. So, Deep Impact is a 1998 disaster movie drama. This one is definitely more of a drama as opposed to Armageddon's action apocalypse movie Mm -hmm. uh it was directed by mimi letter and sort of uh vaguely produced he's not really super credited in it but steven spielberg kind of helped get the ball rolling on this one yeah helped it off its feet Uh, a little bit nice yeah so steven and mimi letter worked with spielberg a lot and this was part of like their new um it was by like dreamworks pictures so it's sort of like the new 
you know, it was the new studio at a time, DreamWorks. And this is one of the first movies they put out was Deep Impact with Mimi Letter directing it. It was written by Bruce Joel Rubin and Michael Tolkien. Um, not to be confused with J.R.R. Tolkien. The who God is dead. himself. God Emperor Tolkien. No, this is heresy in his eyes because this is not <laughs> fantasy. This is science fiction. Science and from what fiction. we discussed in the last episode, it is much more science than fiction as opposed to <laughs> Armageddon. Yes. Uh, it was Definitely written by so. two people, which for a big blockbuster like this isn't the most common affair to only mm-hmm. have two writers. Yeah. And one of them was basically more of an editor. So oh, okay. most of the movie yeah, was written I think, by... I think Armageddon had like almost nine writers or something. It was, it was a big, it was a big right list of people, Michael like six Bay or movie. nine. Yeah. yeah. It, they were just fine-tuning, <laughs> coming up with as many references as they could, just jam-packing it into two and a half hours. So yeah, not not uncommon. Um, so yeah, so most of the most of the film was just written by Bruce Joel Rubin, um, which this guy's an Oscar-winning screenwriter. He did Jacob's Ladder. He did My Life in Ghost. Uh, mm. He's like very metaphysical in his writing, and mm. like we talked about last week, when the you know there were more inf- more information was being revealed about the dinosaurs and the asteroid mm-hmm. slash comet. I think it was only revealed recently that it was a comet and not an asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. Uh, He just got really into the subject. He would have like, you know, big, long conversations with astronomers in the night who he stalked and found kind of like we do Mm -hmm. with our special guests, which will be premiering next week. Uh, Yeah, so he's he's a good writer and he has a lot of he's done a lot with similar themes, especially. And so I think he's a good fit for an apocalypse movie like Deep Impact. And then there was Michael Tolkien who came in. Uh, he wrote stuff like 1992's The Player, um, <clears throat> and so Rubin, the first writer, did the majority of like the science fiction writing of the film, and Tolkien sort of trimmed it down into the two-hour-ish movie that it is now, because I think the original mm. screenplay by Rubin and with Spielberg's influence was uh, <laughs> like three hours long. Oh, wow. Three hours. Yeah, Ooh. and it was based off of a book of which Spielberg bought the rights to called Hammer of God by Arthur C. Clarke, which is about the same subject matter. It's just an asteroid on a collision course with Earth. Cool. I like the name. It's <laughs> interesting. Hammer yeah. of God. Yeah. It's not menacing uh, at all. Un- yeah. Unfortunately for our homie Arthur Clarke, uh, <laughs> they changed up the screenplays for this movie and um and Armageddon which was a rip off of this movie so this movie so Armageddon <laughs> was a rip off of this movie which is kind of a rip off of Hammer of God and they both yeah. were changed so much that Hammer of God was not credited in either movies oh my god the hollywood assimilation oh it's the real assimil- the fucking it's thing <laughs> it is real yeah oh so our homie Clark kind of got cucked out of the credits in that one but you know, he's been he's received a mention on the Good, the Bad and the Boys podcast, so I think hmm. he's vindicated. Mm-hmm. So Deep Impact is way different from Armageddon because it's not an asteroid coming towards Earth, it's a comet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite, so, quite a distinction. <laughs> yeah, big distinction between the two. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> 
And you had said you'd watch these movies a while ago and thought they would be good ones to, to yeah. review. I had not seen you Armageddon the... before this, but I had seen a little bit of Deep Impact. Thought it was a little oh, silly, yes. so I assumed that it would be a good well, if fit. I was a, if I was a nine-year-old boy and I watched the trailer for Armageddon and then I watched Deep Impact, <laughs> I would definitely have thought that Armageddon was the better movie Yeah, because that one has way more explosions. That's exactly what I, what I thought as well. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> is, yeah. This one is much more—it's much more drama as opposed to disaster movie. It kind of reminded me of like the Last Jedi, where it's like this theme of failure is brought up a mm. lot. Interesting. And also how the plot is just the pacing is just a fuck fest. Oof. The story is. What is up like, with the pacing basic... in these movies? Yeah, I don't know. This one, Armageddon. I don't know if it. Good question. <laughs> this one is like it goes re it goes through weird like highs and lows because the story mm. is essentially three different stories all told. There's the story of the astronaut crew who has to go do the Armageddon thing and fly to the comet and plant nukes on it and blow it up. So there's that one. Mm. There's the there's the Armageddon story. Armageddon is one third of this movie <laughs> and is somehow longer. So it's the story of those okay. guys. There's the story of the reporter who kind of like broke the story that the world oh, was gonna end. And like kind of caused a little hysteria. Which they kinda of touch yeah. on in Armageddon too. They kinda of want to keep it as secret as possible. But then asteroids start coming in and people get suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the story of Elijah Wood, a young sixteen year old pre Lord of the Rings Elijah, Elijah Wood. Wood. Oh. Elijah, little Elijah. Beautiful blue eyes. Yeah. Wide blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> his big ass hobbit eyes yeah uh and he's the kid who at I, this is so weird these movies are so different yet so similar he's yeah. also a suburban kid at like a high school star party where they all just sit out in a field with telescopes he's like trying to hit on this girl that he likes in high school and oh. by you know flexing his star knowledge and he accidentally discovers this comet heading straight for earth he didn't he didn't whip out like, his lord of the rings lore and whip out his lore oh, i guess he wouldn't no, again yeah. wow this is tolkien heresy isaac this is this science is. fiction a little elijah's talking about what the heck so technically he was a science fiction actor before he was a, a fantasy wow <laughs> wow betrayal <laughs> betrayal betrayed betrayal but yeah maybe this movie kind of launched or made him a candidate i think this for... was one of his his first like larger roles yeah and it definitely probably helped him get into fellowship yeah and his character in this movie is like a cutie little boy, and so he's perfect <laughs> hobbit bait. Yeah. Yes. So he's like sort of the little high school kid who accidentally discovers the comet, which is hurtling towards them. Mm. And so the movie opens. I liked the opening of the movie. Unfortunately, because there's three different stories being told, for some reason they thought they had to like structure the movie as like three different movies within each other. And so... Every time it transitions to another story, it's sort of like we're going back in the pacing a little bit. Uh, so, you know, there's this one where there's the opener and then there's the story hook and then it gets into it a little more and the pace ramps up. Yeah, it and seems then it like hits they, the floor again with the reporter yeah. and because they have to do the same thing. Seems like they like crammed a TV series of this like into one movie or something. It's like a lot of... Yeah, it, it was kind of like that. Yeah, I think it, it for the most part works aside from the pacing, I think. Mm is a little more thematically, I don't know, cohesive, I guess, because all the stories okay. are, 
vaguely similar. Like everyone's sort of a hero of their own story, despite them doing different things. Hmm. Um, but in the end, they all end up like, you know, making sacrifices and uh, mm-hmm. to save others. Yeah. And the one story has way, way higher stakes than the other. Because, you know, there's like <laughs> Elijah Wood wants to go save his girlfriend and this a reporter lady oh, wants to right. reconcile with her dad. And then there's a yeah. space crew who needs to save the fucking planet. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and so there's just a little That's bit a of lot. a disparity between them. Yeah, that, that is, yeah. I I mean, like, in, in a similar way with, like, Armageddon, it kind of grounds the, 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 the setting a bit. Yeah, and, like, it, it does raises some it stakes, a little bit of, like, what humanity is fighting for, how how the human spirit is and whatnot. Yeah, and, and this in one does focus more on the average pleb. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't character caricaturize the average pleb as uh, as Armageddon does, where My word. Like the Looney Tunes oil riggers have yeah, to go what? save the yeah. planet. <laughs> they send actual professional astronauts up to do it, nice. and a token Russian as the nuclear expert. So, but we don't see the comet very much. Again, it's it's much more. I got more like two thousand one like Space Odyssey vibes from oh, okay. this movie, as opposed gotcha. to like the Transformers esque aesthetic of Armageddon. Okay. Where it was much yeah, more I would, bombastic. I would much prefer more 2001 <laughs> yeah, style. They make the comet seem very mystical mm. in that. Um, it's kind of interesting and it's a, take of it, yeah. yeah I, it adds to the I vagueness a little the, bit. Yeah, yeah it adds to the vagueness, just sort of the the mythic presence of it on how this thing is like the end of the world yeah. hurtling right towards them. And they use a lot of biblical names like the name of the spaceship that flies up to blow it up is the Messiah. Oh, and yeah. Their backup plan if the Messiah fails is underground bunkers that everyone can live in for a few years until the dust settles from the comet and then humanity can go on and that's called the Ark. Ah, Morgan yep. Freeman plays the president as he always fucking does in every movie. <laughs> Although I think this is this may have been one of his first uh, presidential appearances in film. Okay. Interesting. After this is what kind of set. Like, Holy shit. <laughs> wow, he's This guy makes a great president. He makes a fantastic president. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Morgan yeah, Freeman he was very 2020. Proud of that. Yeah, I'm Freeman, well, that's over. That, that's that's not Alex. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's all ogre now. <laughs> it's all ogre. It's the comet we've chosen. It's the comet. Yeah, the comet has been elected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's I guess it doesn't go too in depth with it. I, I think was one of the problems I had with this movie is that while, uh, it, again, it reminds me kind of the last Jedi where there is this overarching theme between all mm. the different stories. And while in themselves, they are cohesive and they all blend together thematically. Each one isn't as fleshed out as it could have been. Um, so it just makes, hmm. you know, the payoffs of each of the three stories a little less significant. Um, hmm. But I could see what they're trying to do in spreading it out and showing that, you know, this how people of all different walks of life would react. And when I say all yeah. different walks of life, I mean different parts of America. <laughs> different parts of uh, suburban America. <laughs> different parts of suburban white America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... <laughs> And again, the comet, it's not like uh, Armageddon where it just opens with some space station getting fucked on. It opens, there's much more time between when they find the comet and when the comet hits. Mm. When they see the comet, it was like, I think it's like a year and 10 months before it is going to make impact as, you know, a fucking NASA thing should, even though it wasn't even (laughs) NASA, it was like a 16 year old kid who found it. Oh, right. And he sends it to a guy at NASA 
because I guess this kid's a fucking nerd and he's just got like some NASA dude's fax number. <laughs> and the guy's in an actual observatory and he sees it and he kind of freaks out a little. Um, and he's driving because I don't know, the internet won't work because movie reasons. <laughs> and then he gets, <laughs> of course, in one of the most drawn out sequences, he gets, uh, he gets run over by a truck, like a truck driver. <laughs> of course. Because uh, they're on like a one lane road going opposite directions and like this windy mountain road at night. And I don't wow. know if he, I don't know how many astronomers, if there's any astronomers who listen to this, you can, um, you can contest me on this if you like. But from what this movie has shown me, every astronomer keeps in the back of their car at like a fucking like 20 bricks of C4 apparently. Because of this guy, and this guy gets hit by this truck, he like rolls down a hill, but two rolls in, the car blows the fuck up. <laughs> it explodes. Yeah, I was like, "Am I watching the Michael Bay one?" Am I? <laughs> yes. But then that's the only explosion we see for a while. So I guess that was how they uh, hook us in. And I was, oh, okay. I mean, I was interested. There's this cool transition between you know the nice star party where they see the light, and it pans in, and it pans back out. And now it's a NASA observatory. Hmm. And they, the guy puts the pieces together and then he explodes for some reason because <laughs> his <laughs> fucking truck rolled off. But wow. then just when you think it's a nice, uh, just when you're hooked, the pace comes to a grinding fucking halt because Ooh. now we got to establish the second sort of mini story within this movie of, uh, what's her name? That's Armageddon. I'm looking at the Armageddon cast list. Whoopsies. Of Taya <laughs> Leone's uh, reporter character. Natalia, mm. this was sort of her first kind of drama acting role. She'd been in a number of like comedy sitcoms up to this point. So this is like sort of her big break drama role. Okay. Was Deep Impact. Yeah. Imagine, imagine you know, you call home to your parents. It's like Thanksgiving dinner. And they're like, hey, do you make it in the movie business yet? And, and you know, your <laughs> granddaughter's like, yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in a film called Deep Impact. And you're just like, oh, God, she's a porn star. <laughs> I suddenly don't want to want a daughter anymore. <laughs> I definitely don't want to Google Deep Impact again. That's I don't want to Google Deep Impact. <laughs> oh god, that was a mistake. Oh, that was a, that was a mistake. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So yeah. Elijah Wood sort of heads up that you know kid character and his story, and then we got Taya Leone's reporter in her arc, and then Robert Duvall. Uh, is he sort of runs the NASA squad who goes up to the the comet to destroy it. And I don't know why, like it establishes that in the first little story arc thing that it's a comet. Hmm. And then it cuts to this reporter who's trying to break like some scandal because the secretary of the treasury is resigning for mysterious reasons. And it's kind of built up as like this mystery like, is she going to figure out if it's that there's a comet going on? Because it says it specifies uh, that it's one year later and that the government's hiding something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but she thinks that, that she's like the worst reporter on the fucking planet. Oh, no. <laughs> she thinks that uh, EVE or Eve or Ellie. Yeah, it was ELE or Ellie is like a mistress of, some, of like the president or something. <laughs> and that the secretary of state took the fall. To, to keep the president's name clean. Oh, and that's uh, why he resigned under mysterious circumstance. And this is what everyone in the White House is talking about. They're all just like talking shit to her. <laughs> and so she's just going around asking people about Ellie 
And it's super obvious because she like finds the former secretary of the treasury and mm. she asks him, <laughs> she's like, why have you kept Ellie a secret from, from this, the people this long? And <laughs> secretary of state who's played by, oh, fuck, he was in something. I forget, but whoops. He, um, the secretary to... of state is like, you're really going to do this to the American people? You're going to ruin us like this, the country? <laughs> and she just thinks it's over like some presidential affair scandal. So she's like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Get over yourself. Yeah, she's trying to uncover this Bill Clinton scandal or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like some Bill Clinton scandal she thinks she's breaking. And I think mm. this would have been an interesting opener to the movie if they showed this bit maybe before the Elijah yeah. Wood comet bit. Like maybe if they had this and they were a little more intertwined. Yeah. Um, that yeah. way the pacing wouldn't be off and the reveal that it is an apocalyptic comet yeah. would be done a little be more cohesively. Cool. Yeah, where you're yeah, like, wait, what is, movie am I watching? You know, it's like, you're oh, like, what yeah. movie am I watching? And then, oh, shit. Break this. Yeah, it's a comet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She thinks the president's covering up like a mistress or something named Ellie, but it's actually ELE, short for extinction level event. <laughs> and you want to know how she finds out? She finds uh, out it's an extinction level event. She gets, uh, uh, yeah, this is like the best kept government secret of all time up to this point in this movie's continuity. And she finds out that Ellie is short for extinction level event because <laughs> she's like harassing people about it. And then all of a sudden she gets mugged by like the FBI and then taken to the president, which I don't think that's how, I think it'd be the secret service, not the FBI that would do that. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> FBI comes her. They take her to like this kitchen and she's not a competent person. Like as a reporter who deals with sketchy people all the time, she makes very poor oh, choices. Yeah. They like yeah, I did see the cars. kitchen scene, yeah. <laughs> three cars come and like block her off on the highway and they just start bumping into her. And all she does is she rolls down the window and she says, okay. And then she pulls off with them. And then they, they you right. know, some guys in suits and sunglasses get out. And they walk up to her and they're like, FBI, ma'am, we need you to get in the car. They don't show her a badge or anything. She's like, okay. <laughs> wow. She so, just signed her death warrant. <laughs> she, Yeah. So after she was kidnapped by people who definitely did not seem like the FBI. <laughs> she's taking like some <laughs> it's not like, good, proper random protocols. kitchen in a hotel. And then the president <laughs> walks in. She's like, what? what and I'll fuck? give it to him. I think the performances in this movie are pretty good. Hmm. Taya Leone was kind of the weakest performance in my opinion, yeah, but that didn't, was even yeah, that was still really care all right as much for her performance. She's a yeah, little, yeah. I don't know. She was, was kind of the same in like the the third Jurassic Park. Right. Oh yeah, she has the same face on everything. Yeah, but I don't know. Even that, it was still believable. She had a pretty good scene hmm. with uh, legendary Austrian Swiss actor Maximilian Schell. Hmm who was in this movie in his later years. Okay. Uh, that guy was an Academy Award-winning actor, and he was pretty entertaining in it. Nice. But, yeah, and Morgan Freeman is a very imposing presence as the president when he just comes and, like, talks down to this report. He's like, <laughs> you're really going to break it like this? And she <laughs> still thinks they're story. talking about a fucking mistress, like, the whole time. Oh. And she finds out that it's an extinction-level event because he uh, calls it E-L-E instead of Ellie while they're talking. And she's like, hmm. And it's like the fucking like uh, hangover with all the equations coming up on the screen. Like, he referred to it as something else. Mm. And what she does is she goes back to the office. She gets on her 90s internet browser and she Googles E.L.E. And only one result comes up. 
in its <laughs> extinction level event. And then all of a sudden nice. she just gets really, really nervous about everything. She goes to see <laughs> her father. dawns on her. Yeah, dawns on her. And she's just in this like state of existential dread as she goes to have dinner with her father and his new wife, whose wedding was, I guess, the day before, and she missed it. And even though she's in a state of distress now, because she just learned that the U.S. is covering up a potential extinction-level event that's going to happen, uh, <laughs> she that was today, and she missed her father's wedding, which was yesterday. So she really had no excuse to do that. <laughs> no, yeah, she really did. So she's just kind of a <laughs> shitty daughter. Yeah, she really is. Wow. That, that sucks. She couldn't just take yeah. the day off of reporting, I guess. Or I, I guess, guess she it, probably wasn't even reporting that day, too. But. No, she. this was wow. her break as a reporter. She wow. wasn't even a reporter before that. She was like an analyst. She was like a news station researcher. She was like a <laughs> fucking paper-pushing intern. She's like, sorry, important things to do. Yeah. And I guess it was meant to establish the sort of estranged father-daughter relationship that they try and work on throughout the film. But again, kind of like The Last Jedi, they don't really spend enough time on it as they should because they got too many too many side stories going on. Yeah. So the payoff was, it was kind of all right at the end um, when they mm. reconcile. But oh, right, yeah. I didn't even know this guy was the waves dad. are coming I'm, in. Yeah, for the majority of their first scene together, I didn't know he was her dad because Shell makes no attempt to like hide his accent. So he just sounds like a Swedish oh. dude. <laughs> Like an Austrian Swedish dude. Yeah. So you think it's <laughs> like some like, sort of like former mentor or something, like maybe like a reporter, yeah, I like I mentor had no idea what their hers. relationship was yeah. until the end of the scene where she was like, "You should get back together with mom," and then she runs off. Uh, and I was like, "That's her dad." <laughs> they don't look anything alike. <laughs> he sounds like he's from Europe. <laughs> She's like some American blonde. Yeah. I was like what? What happened? Maybe he uh, married an American, and I don't know. She was raised with mom. He did. I don't know. Yeah. So a lot of this movie is dedicated to just the people's reaction to the apocalypse and the and the many failed attempts. I kind of liked that aspect of the the newscaster character of Taya Leone's character, where because she sort of discovered it first, she was put as like the anchor on this on the story, hmm. and. It was fun to see how, like, Elijah Wood's little suburban family, he's, like, kind of a local celebrity now, but, you know, he's still just, like, a suburban kid living with his parents and his and his girlfriend that he's trying to impress. And Taya Leone sort of reporting on the many subsequent failures of the Messiah craft as it attempts to intercept this comet. And just sort of everyone's reaction to that, like, it's revealed after they fail to nuke the comet, and this is the uh, the Messiah which I'll get into their little story arc. But yeah, they failed to nuke the comet. And so the Morgan Freeman comes back and he makes a press release that that there's a second, there's a plan B, which is akin to the real life, the real world plan of just shooting a bunch of missiles at it. Mm. The only plan A so, so far from NASA today. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the plan B in this movie is NASA's current plan A. But I like that sort of aspect of it, that because the writer, uh, Bruce Joel Rubin, did do a lot of research, there is a lot of uh, facts and stuff yeah, presented more, in it. It's a little more realistic yeah, than more, Armageddon, more especially. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Especially with the way it impacts and stuff, like in the Michael Bay movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's seemingly the only places the little meteorites target are major cities. Yeah, just major. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just major cities. <laughs> 
yeah. yeah. Either Manhattan or Paris. Or That's about it. Yeah. yeah, it's Manhattan or Paris. And Ocean takes yeah. up like seventy so, percent of the planet. It doesn't land in there. May, well, maybe that's Plan C. We all just move to <laughs> out of major cities. According get out to of it, yeah. Michael Bay. I think we should. I think that. I think we'll be fine. Just, yeah, just get out of the populated areas because that's where the comets are going to strike. That's right. We'll just build new. They are cities attracted to mass populations of humans. <laughs> that's apparently even though, how it works. Even though uh, the the biggest, I guess impact that we've seen is the siberian one or whatever <laughs> yeah that's like totally that isolated yep yeah all the big craters are in the middle of bumfuck nowhere i think the one that killed the yeah. dinosaurs was off like the yucatan peninsula or something it's yeah like in, like, the southern gulf of mexico <laughs> exactly where that one hit yeah. yeah leonard nimoy was standing in that little documentary above it just wow describing in his little spock voice <laughs> of the science behind Armageddon. The science behind <laughs> The lack Armageddon. of science behind Armageddon. <laughs> uh, fun times. Yes, that's how it works. So, um, what was I going to say? I guess I'll go into sort of just the what I liked about it. Um, performances were pretty good. Taylor Leone was kind of meh, but it was all right. Um, yeah. The music was composed by James Homer. Um, he has that was pretty good. I like the soundtrack a lot. It kind of sounded like that DreamWorks soundtrack, the like '90s DreamWorks <laughs> oh, okay. movie soundtrack. Yeah. It was like very dreamy at some points, and then there's like a lot of uh, a lot of suspenseful fanfare at other parts with the action. They didn't. They um, didn't hire a, a a classic rock band to. Uh no, they did the not. Armageddon Darn. slash Suicide Squad it wow. and hit a rock band <laughs> to compose it. <laughs> yeah. It takes itself way more seriously than Armageddon does, which I yeah. guess works for the source material. It's kind of like we talked about with Reign of Fire, how I, because they took it a little more serious, it was I don't know, it was just uh, worked a little better. I think Apocalypse can be done comedically. I like um, what's the Seth Rogen movie? This is the oh, end. Oh, this is the that end. One? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's Rapture. a classic. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. that's a that's that was a some fun, fun movie one. nights back in the day. That was good. Oh, yes. That was, that so, was yeah, it can be done comedically. Uh, disaster movie is not an example of that. Don't watch disaster movie. <laughs> disaster movie, yikes. But, yeah, Deep Impact definitely takes itself very seriously. And it pays off at some points. And at other points, it's kind of like, eh. Yeah. You could be a little more. You're, <laughs> you're cool or not that cool. Yeah. Sort of vibe. Um, right. With the sci-fi elements, again, it's a lot like a, more like a 2001 Space Odyssey and less of an action. There are not as many space scenes as opposed to Armageddon. Uh, the space crew is, you know, introduced by the president and then they go up in their shuttle and there's like a rivalry because they have like, uh, um, what's his fucking name? Robert Duvall's character is sort of like a seasoned astronaut. He's been to the moon a few times, but he's by far the oldest person on the crew and all the young, young bucks who are working with him, they don't really respect him that much. And he has, like, sort of a rival, some guy named Oren, some asshole, uh, thinks that, you know, he's just a PR move to put him on there to satisfy the boomers. Oh, yeah. But, and then they, as they go through, they learn to appreciate his spacefaring wisdom as he's able to clutch it's it always, in a variety it's of nice scenarios. In a in a apocalyptic setting to have, you know, your fellow humans as rivals. There's a little bit of that oh, in yes. Armageddon, too. There's, like, the, the rival, Armageddon. like, space 
space team like the crewmen that, that were like gonna pilot as the other crew drills so it was like a little rivalry <laughs> we're like trying to one-up each the, other in in training and stuff the trained nasa crew versus <laughs> yeah. the it was uh stupid but yes the oil drilling space chimps. <laughs> yep <laughs> oil drilling space chimps yes the fucking circus crew that they bring in circus crew yep yeah that's what you need but again you need some rivals they're rivalry and subsequent like you know moving past it uh it was like there could have been more to it like more build up i thought the payoff was kind of nice <laughs> it was all right because the guy who disrespected you know the old man robert duvall the most uh he gets like his dumb ass like turns around while the comet's like facing the sun and there's no atmosphere to protect him so his eyes just get like burnt out so he's just, oh, he's just yeah. like blind, vibing on the ship the rest of the time. Yeah. Can't really do anything. <laughs> and uh, Duval he sees things differently Dick. now or something. <laughs> yeah, he sees things. He sees colors. The dialogue is a little boring and monologue at some points. Um, and the CG is not at all as good as it is in Armageddon. <laughs> Probably because after this movie came out, Disney looked at Michael Bay and he's like, here's an extra $3 million. Make this, yeah. make your movie look make better. Make it way look better. <laughs> yeah. Make way, it way, way better. look better. Um, so the CG's not as good. I like the practicals. All of the practicals were very convincing. Uh, just like the spaceship set design and their little drills were pretty cool. I liked it when they were on the comet. And even though the green screen background was a little distracting, they had a, they had a nice set with all like the fog and stuff because it's a mm. comet, not yeah. an asteroid, a comet. Oh, and so it's right. all just made of like yeah, it's not big distinction. Yeah, I yeah I liked I liked the the ship um, design better. It just seemed way more realistic, more NASA y. Or as my film, they looked like they were in like Star Trek or something. I don't know. It just like didn't Star or like Trek Alien. Does. Yeah, like look, yeah, looked like the Nostromo or something. I don't know. It was much more scientifically accurate for them to fly out probably further than any humans ever been because they're like a few month trip away. Oh uh, yeah trying to intercept the comet before it can get close at all the ship has like a fuck ton of fuel on it it's like a big ass ship <laughs> to get over there and then the little one that goes on the comet detaches and the comets uh you know it's all made of ice so there's like smoke everywhere as it's sort of melting getting closer to the sun hmm. and then as it they're like on a time crunch so they can only do it on the side of the comet that's in the dark on the dark side of the comet which is only like a six hour rotation and then once it breaches the horizon and sunlight's on it starts like melting and a bunch of gas chambers start like exploding from beneath oh shoot so it was a it was a pretty cool run where they had to like try and escape the gas vents that were blowing up uh, on them yeah armageddon sort of had that too it's like an uns they called it an unstable instability comment yeah there's a bunch of like a bunch of fumes bursting through the ground and stuff so <laughs> all the yeah. michael bay science behind it was like it's yeah. uh it's unstable <laughs> It's unstable. That's uh, that, that's, what that's the, good. Yeah. It's unstable because reasons. Because this cause, one, yeah, uh, they really went into magic. science on this one. Yeah, they're like, oh yes, there's that's cool. Yeah, like rotations and and yeah, the, the, the way rotation. the sun reflects in the horizon and stuff, different heat yeah. levels. And that was yeah. that was cool. That yeah, definitely it's the kind highest of stakes were that of the space crew, whose job it was to save the world. And you know they're on you know they're on this little time crunch. So it adds sort of the clock's ticking. You know what the stakes are. You know what the time frame is and the consequences. It's like a little no man's so sky stakes. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Very hostile environment. <laughs> yeah. 
And then I like that the comet does strike. I shouldn't, the whole comet doesn't strike. When they nuke it, they fail. They only kind of split a chunk off, which is like a mile long or something. And that's a little ahead of the big one. Hmm. But at the end of the movie, the astronauts, they sacrifice themselves to to destroy the big comet. Um, Taya Leone's character, she sacrifices her place in the in a little arc bunker for her co-worker who has a daughter. And then she just goes and hangs out with her dad on the beach. And Elijah Wood... He gives up his place on the Ark since he's a local celebrity. He was like pre-selected <laughs> to be on it because he found the comet. But he gives that up for his for his girlfriend. He goes back uh. to rescue her to save her. They all give something up. And two of the three, you know, side stories in this, everybody dies. The whole everyone on the ship dies because I got to go like kamikaze the thing. Because for some yeah. reason they didn't use all their nukes the first try. You know, they got their token Russian. I thought the Russian guy, I don't know, they like treated him like a kid. Because <laughs> even though he was on this, he was, he was the only Russian on it. Everyone else was American. And he was just in his own little corner. And his computer looks different from everyone else, even though he speaks like fluent English. His, all, <laughs> his computer was in Russian. It had the little like Russian keyboard. Wow. It felt like 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 a little tykes, like a, <laughs> felt like they gave him a little Russian oh, leapfrog. No. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just what it felt like. <laughs> 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 wow they're they're token how russian. disrespectful and of course the russian guy is the nuke expert he brought the nukes along yeah russians are yeah, always yeah, nuke they're, experts they're russians they're they're russians basically they're, they're radioactive <laughs> and for some reason the nuclear expert on the mission to blow up the comet to save humanity only used half the comets that he only used half the nukes that they brought <laughs> they brought eight nukes and that apparently, for some reason, they only put four on. They're like, that'll be good. Let's go. And then, so they had four <laughs> nice. nukes remaining. Like, what the fuck were they planning on doing with the nukes on the way back? They're just saving them. It's like some surplus. Right, yeah. Come on. Gotta use all of it. I don't know. Just be, put all the nukes on. Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah, we can't, but they had, we can't mess around they had four here. four extra nukes, and their first nuking blew a hole in it big enough so that they could get to the center and actually blow it up. But that's a one-way trip because they use too much fuel. So they just fly the spaceship in there. They blow it up. There's this nice little scene where they all uh, FaceTime their significant others and, like, their kids and stuff and say goodbye. Uh, That was sweet. Wow, same with Armageddon. What? Wow, Are these two movies the same movie? Are you sure? Are they the same? No, there's no way they're the same. Isaac, come on. One's a comet and one's an asteroid. (laughs) You're right. You're right. (laughs) They're different movies. they, They are. (laughs) that's what separates them yeah so of all the main characters only elijah wood survives and all their stories are kind of unrelated so they don't know each other it's again just more shows the human condition it's like a drama about the subject only elijah wood and his lady friend survives he like steals a motorcycle and rides her to the top of a mountain to avoid Mm. getting flooded yeah um i also like the science behind it uh, when the smaller comet, because that one hits and that one fucks shit up, it like takes out the whole eastern seaboard, and it doesn't crash in a major city like a Michael Bay movie. It crashes where it's most likely to crash out in an ocean somewhere. It okay. hits the Atlantic Ocean and it uh, just sends like a thousand foot tidal wave. But of... this is all apparently pretty scientifically accurate. That so like yeah, the American eastern seaboard and like most of you know Western Europe gets fucked up, makes oh, a tidal yeah. wave that goes like seven hundred miles inland. But it was cool. 
I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, the science and the, the payoffs were all right. I think they could have used a little more work. I like what they try to do with like the three stories just to show like more perspectives of the apocalypse and how mm-hmm. it's more of a drama than anything and that there are consequences in an apocalypse movie. It's not like everyone's just fine at the end. It's all just a bunch of nameless assets who die. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like main characters get iced in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it was a little, the dialogue was a little cheesy at times. Uh, I think the reporter storyline was my least favorite just because her thing kind of makes no sense. My favorite was when she just Googled ELE and came up with the answer to the best kept secret in the world at the time. Wow. And yeah. But overall, I'd say Deep Impact is pretty all right. Apocalypse drama. If you're looking for like a good action packed apocalypse movie, just watch Rain of Fire or Pacific or Armageddon. Yes. Uh, If. There's definitely a lot worse apocalypse movies. A lot of like the the 2000s, 2010s ones. Dwayne Johnson's in a lot of them for some reason. The, what is it like? San Andreas was one that came out oh, right, recently. Yeah, San Andreas. That yeah. one. That one was pretty rough. So yeah, there are uh, definitely way worse disaster movies, and there are way better disaster movies. Yes. Yeah. But. I think the time has come for us to present a verdict on think so. which of which, these which two, of these? but actually oh. the same film, yeah. is and, worse. Uh, what would you give Deep Impact? What radius, comet radius if I had to give rating would you give? A comet radius, not an asteroid radius, a comet Not an radius. asteroid, yes, right. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, hmm. I guess it was really boring at times, so I would probably give it Six and a half to seven out of ten. Okay. I like the themes. I like the the concept and the most of the execution, but yeah. 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 It's not perfect. And not Armageddon perfect definitely by looks any means. a lot better because they threw a lot <laughs> more money at it. <laughs> they, yeah. It, uh, and not for the better, but. <laughs> and everyone also, you know, I'd watched Deep Impact earlier that year and they were like, wow, that was fucking boring. Armageddon looks way more fun. <laughs> Armageddon looks <laughs> so they went way to go better. see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the money went. Did to you hear about one. all the the Michael Bay shenanigans that the writers accused him of? Oh no! The what releases of these films? Yeah. So, like you said in the last episode, there was you know Joel Rubin had was pitching the idea to Disney, and they furiously took notes, and they were like, "No thanks." And then all of a sudden, Michael Bay ends up with a similar project over at his studio in the Disney lot. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I heard. Again, once again, we're we're watching movies where the making of the movie is more interesting than the movie. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like right. Someone yeah. said that like Michael Bay and like drama. a fucking crony, like Such snuck rivals. into DreamWorks and like the Paramount <laughs> Studio, and wow. like were stealing reels of Deep Impact so they could know what they were up against. What the competition? No way! That was just, oh my yeah, god! That, that was like a rumor put but out by why? I think Ruben. <laughs> but why? But why, why, Mike? Why is this? Why is the story so important? <laughs> this is an important. Like, Again, Hollywood can see the future, Isaac. This yeah. is. I guess they really scenario. just really want to double the disaster movies. Oh man, it just doesn't make sense. I'm like, what? Like, who cares? <laughs> Deep Impact already already did it, man. Like, you don't need to. We don't need to recreate any. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's real. It's, it's just bizarre. It's bizarre to me. That's, he that's, just yeah, really right. likes asteroids. 
and comets, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. He's just such a space... He, he just loves astronomy so much that he wanted to oh, make yeah. this film. Michael Pay is a closet... He's like a... Who is it? Like Kesha. All right. Would used to like <laughs> sneak into campuses and listen to lectures on some like absurd topic like chemical engineering or something. <laughs> it's like that. Oh, like Michael it. Bay is a is a closet astronomer. Yeah, I think so. I think he he has a passion. He's gonna have that, that first ticket on Elon Musk's <laughs> private space tours. I, I bet he does. See I, I wouldn't there. doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. So yes. So we'll ask the audience, the viewers, what they think is the better film between Deep Impact and Armageddon. But which one would you say is you would prefer to watch, Isaac, if you had to you choose between I, the two? Which I is good, with your, which is bad. Yeah, with your review, I think I would prefer Deep Impact uh, just mm. due to scientific reasons, due to due to more of a realistic realism tone. You get a little better um, grounded humanity scenes uh, and aspects armageddon just a clusterfuck of whatever the fuck is going on with this <laughs> asteroid and it's michael bay i just wonder what these actors do. have they have they ever been uh have they ever been um confused by people of like oh you were in that uh like they, they go to elijah wood they're like oh you were in that armageddon movie right it's like oh no that was the that was the other one he's like fuck you i'm sure if he, if elijah wood is anything like daniel radcliffe I'm sure he fucking wishes people would bring up Deep Impact. Oh, it's like Daniel yeah. Radcliffe trying to walk out of his house without someone bringing up fucking Harry Potter. Yeah, he's that's like, true. Please. He's just like turned himself into like an indie film guy because he wants something that's not he wants Harry Potter to talk about. I'm sure that's how Elijah Wood feels. Probably. Like, oh, Frodo. Yeah. Frodo. Yeah. Frodo. Let like, me oh, see God your feet, Frodo. How many Let fucking me touch times? It. Let me see those well, feet, I, I actually, yeah, I, I got a little photo with him at LA Comic Con, which was really cool. But yeah, he seemed cool with it. I mean, he was like, he, he just seemed really chill. He seems like he likes the attention a little bit with Lord of the Rings. So I don't know. Well, I guess that's that's better for him. That's than probably better. Yeah, yeah, I think Daniel Radcliffe has a little <laughs> bit of a different story. I don't know. He's a bit of a different perspective on the yeah, legacy. Because I mean, he's been Harry Potter since he's was a kid i mean that's all he's known for since that you know yeah. since he was like nine years old or whatever, whatever. <laughs> it's really unfortunate but yeah but wow. <laughs> but anyways sorry we're, <laughs> uh yes yeah, yeah i think i prefer deep impact prefer myself deep impact. after the seizure inducing time i had last <laughs> night um what, what would you prefer over that? Bro, fuck that armageddon baby <laughs> armageddon explosions all the way explosions and titties and yes. bruce willis and oh, hell explosions yeah. fuck yeah baby despite right. deep impact being more cohesive tonally cinematically and pretty much everything except for the vfx <laughs> department yeah <laughs> Yeah, probably Deep Impact as well. And that was a lot of the reviews that I read was that Deep Impact is more appreciated, but Armageddon is more beloved. 
It's, it's, Army wow. it's, it's like Independence Day. It's just like a 90s American yeah. action flick. Yeah, it's a, like it's a nostalgic, right. Yeah, it's a nostalgic movie. Yeah, you just, it's, it's, uh, it's part, of, part of our culture, I guess. Yeah, but like, since yeah. we are highly trained and respected film right. critics, yes, uh, we... I'm, I'm going to have to say Armageddon is the bad of this week. I think so. I think I have to agree with you on that one. I think Armageddon wow. might uh, might take the cake on the worst. How our perspectives have changed. Worst Michael Bay we were film. And I know, right? <laughs> thought that this. Uh, we are one. becoming boomers. That's that's unfortunate. <laughs> wow. It's very unfortunate. The cycle repeats. Well, for for more episodes of the Boomer Boys podcast, and for the grand finale of our December Ooh. apocalypse. 2020 bonanza tune in next week next monday what are we talking about next monday isaac next monday yeah so we are um a very likely scenario and surprised it hasn't happened yet uh the fallout series to go into the little nuclear fallout yes wowza if i can figure out how to play it but yes (laughs) back in january where nuclear war was our only concern yeah yep I think what, what was time. it like? President Trump didn't he like uh, redact or like didn't he like uh, reverse some of like Reagan's like nuclear policies? Now it's like a free for all, like Russia now a little bit with nuclear arms. That's that's yep. I don't so, know. Fallout, baby. <laughs> fallout, <laughs> likely fallout. likely scenario. That's gonna be Trump's last resort with this election. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tune in. Conspire Monday. with the Russians again. Anyway, that's <laughs> All right. What? What? Anyways, fall tune out, in. Fallout, fallout, and then <laughs> and then also tune in for a special guest to Thursday. Special guest announce coming next, next Thursday. Yes, we look forward to discussing. A, we look forward to look forward to a it. little it's a big interview. surprise. So tune in Monday for a name drop. First interview. Here we go. <laughs> first interview. First first guest. Special guest appearance on the boys. All right. Sounds thank good. you, and we'll All see right. you then. So Thanks now, so much for listening. <laughs> All right, gotta delete, just delete my entire hard drive after. I gotta delete some browsing history after yep. Deep Impact. That's for fucking oh god, sure. Oh god, I think go. the FBI is at my door. Hold on. Oh shit. <laughs>